This program is sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Bless the Lord. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. It's good to be with you as we continue a teaching that we started yesterday. And Junie, as I said yesterday, it's a very interesting study because it involves a phrase that Paul uses quite often. And that uh, phrase is, do you not know? And it's kind of a reminder of we need to be always aware of certain key aspects of the gospel. For example, yesterday we read from Romans chapter 6, and it's worth reading again. And listen to this expression, do you not know? Romans 6, beginning at verse 1. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace might increase? May it never be. How shall we who die to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us have been baptized into Christ Jesus, have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death in order that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we also might walk in newness of life. Hallelujah. What an incredible portion of scripture. And Paul is saying, do you not know that this is the reality of how we should be living? Because we've been dead and buried in Christ, but just as he was raised up, we are raised up. And how do we know that we've been raised up, Junie? Because we're walking in newness of life, a totally different qualitative lifestyle than we were living before we met with Jesus, or I should say, when he met with us. That's true, Shelley, because we talked about yesterday that that newness of life is found in his resurrected life and power that lives in us, and we no longer live for ourselves. We really recognize that every time we are not walking in newness of life, we do something out of our own nature, our own mindset, that we will remember the phrase, do you not know? As if the Lord would be speaking to us yes. to remind us that we need to put off the old man and put on the Lord, the newness of life. Amen. And then we won't hear the words, do you not know? We will know. <laughs> yes, because exactly he will right. say... Good and faithful servant. Amen. Amen. Then we went from there also in Romans chapter 6, beginning at verse 14, where it says, For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? 
Shall we sin because you are not under law but under grace? May it never be. Do you not know that when you present yourselves to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves to the one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness? That's the key. Who is leading our life? Who are we obedient to? The one from darkness or the one who came who is the light of the world? Do you not know? And then we can hear those words. What? Well done, good and faithful servant, because he is our master. Amen. And we closed yesterday with a verse from 2 Peter, which says, says, I should say, 2 Peter 2, verse 19, For by what a man is overcome, by this he is enslaved. And our prayer was that we should be overcome by the resurrected life of the Messiah and that we would be free to live a resurrected lifestyle here, newness of life. And we talked about also, Shelley, that if we're deceived, if we believed a lie and once walked in the spirit and now find ourselves in bondage to a stronghold or to our own flesh or to our own soul, there's a way back that we can cry out to the Lord to lead us and guide us because he is the truth. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life that we can cry out to him and he will answer us and he will bring us back to himself. Amen. All right, stay with us in the book of Romans and let's go to chapter two, beginning at verse one. Romans two, we're going to look at verses one through four. Romans two, therefore you are without excuse, every man of you, Who passes judgment, for in that you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. And we know that the judgment of God rightly falls upon those who practice such things. And do you suppose this, O man, when you pass judgment upon those who practice such things and do the same yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, Not knowing, now it doesn't say do you not know, but that's the same meaning. Do you not know that the kindness of God leads to repentance? It's very powerful, Junie, because this portion of scripture speaks about judging others. And let's face it, uh, to one degree or another, a sense of judging others is is present in most people. But the end of verse 4 says, do you not know? That it is the goodness of God that leads to repentance. You know, may God forbid us judging other people. You know, when I think of what it says about uh, Samuel seeking a king to replace Saul, he looked at one of Jesse's sons and thought by his appearance he was to be the uh, next king, the oldest son of Jesse. But the word of God says in First Samuel, man looks at the outside, but God judges the heart. So let judgment you know, a judgment is coming to the house of God, but he is the judge of all judges. Yeah, judgment begins in the house That's of God, right. Shelley. And there's another way of looking at it, that if we see our own nature, who we really are, we know that if any good comes out of us, it really is the breath of God and the life of God. So if we see a brother, a sister, or um, someone we never met walking in sin, 
and we have the heart of God and we see through his eyes, we ask, Lord, how can I pray for that person? Mm -hmm. Lord, is there anything you want me to do for that person? Yes. Because we know it's the goodness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. That's right. So um, I think the first recognition, Shelley, is the understanding that while we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us. That we're really all the same. And anything good that comes through a man is because God breathed upon that man for the goodness to come. He really is all creator, Shelley. Anything that's created that's good is because the Lord himself inspired man to create it Mm. for his good. Amen. For man's good, because he loves us. Do we not know that? That's the point. We do need you to, not do, know? Really, do you not know? And I pray each one of these examples that we give really sticks to us. And, you know, that it's a reminder. Do you not know? Do you not know what God has already accomplished and that needs to be appropriated in all of our lives? And then we would be walking, as we said yesterday, in newness of life. Hallelujah. And the master, we can't serve two. That's right. Will be uh, enslaved to one or the other. If the Lord is our master, then we will recognize our own nature and fear. Really fear to judge another man. But we need to see with God's eyes as well what he calls sin. And we need to agree with the Lord and understand that a person's soul could be at stake to pray for them for deliverance, to pray for them for healing. Amen. Well, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to read the first five verses before we get to the key verse, which is verse 6. 1 Corinthians 5. It is actually reported that there is immorality among you, an immorality of such a kind as does not exist even among the Gentiles, that someone has his father's wife. And you have become arrogant and have not mourned instead, in order that the one who had done this deed might be removed from your midst. For I, on my part, though absent in body but present in spirit, have already judged him who has so committed this as though I were present. In the name of our Lord Jesus, when you are assembled, and I with you in spirit, with the power of the Lord Jesus, I have decided to deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of his flesh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. So we see that the people in the church at Corinth were boasting, and um, they didn't deal with sexual immorality, and they were arrogant and puffed up even though there was blatant sin. But here we come to what we need to emphasize. So knowing that, we go to verse 6. It says, Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough? Junie, what a important verse. A little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. Well, you know, Shelley, that's contradictory to the other scripture. Or it appears to be. Right. Go ahead. That we're warned not to judge another. But we need to see out of God's eyes, and as a parent, or if you're called to be a leader in the church, what is sin to God 
is already judged by God and it needs to be dealt with one way or another in our own life or if we're a parent with our children we're responsible to teach them what's right and good and true and especially in this generation Shelley when immorality is so accepted even within the church there's as much divorce in the church as there is in the world fornication people live with our people from the opposite sex as if there's nothing wrong with it it's right a man's running for governor in this country who has a girlfriend who's a, a doctor and he's living with her not even in the uh area where he's running for governor right really? so we really need to see do you not know that in god's eyes the wages of sin is death and we have a responsibility not to judge and condemn someone but to see as a leader a parent or a leader in the church sin needs to be dealt with That's or right. even in our own life and do you not know that a living a little leaven leavens a whole lump well let's pick this up tomorrow junie because it's a critical issue father we thank you lord and we repeat that which paul has written over and over again do you not know and we want to be aware of what the word yes, of god says and begin heart, to lord. live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of god living in newness of life we pray this in jesus holy name amen thank you for joining us this evening if you would like to get in touch with shelly and june you can write to them at p.o box 1784 scottsdale arizona 85252 that's p.o box 1784 scottsdale arizona 85252 and you can also contact them on their website, ShellyAndJuneVolk.com. That's ShellyAndJuneVolk.com. Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program was sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund.